Impressive. Every word in that sentence was wrong. Yeah, well, you know, that's just like uh, your opinion, man. This guy here is dead. Cross him off then. listening to In the Cards, a brand new show all about our St. Louis Cardinals. The latest news, rumors, and views, all right here on In the Zone Network. Post-game show is brought to you by... Christ, I can't find it. The hell with it. All right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of In the Cards right here on the End Zone Network. Um, we got sick people all over the diamond these days down in Miami. We got pitchers blowing out forearms. We got Joe Kelly making faces at Astros players. Baseball's back, baby. For some. For some, it's on pause for a little while. But that's all right. We don't care about them. We only care about us. Uh, it's so good to be back. And uh, actually talking about things that are really happening on the diamond that matter in this shortened season. Uh, 60 games doesn't sound like a lot. And when you flip back and forth through the calendar, it sure as hell doesn't look like a lot. So every little thing matters here. Uh, three times as much as it does uh, in a regular year. But here, I'm not here to talk to myself about this. God knows I do that enough. Um, I'm here to welcome onto the show, this show for the first time. That would be Arlington Lane. You're very familiar with this voice. Arlington, what's going on, man? I'm good, Rod. How you doing, man? This is great. I actually get to be on uh, another In The Zone show. Yeah. Yeah, you guys have put quite the thing together here. And, uh, you know, just like I've told Palmer, thank you for the opportunity to uh, help contribute. And um, yeah. so, man, I want to touch on, on all the things we've got going on here before you before you have to go. But um, let's just get into baseball real quick, man. We know how important it is to the city of St. Louis. We know how important it is to the region. Uh, seeing it back, it, seeing it come back is sure nice, but boy, in what a weird form. Um, I don't know how much of the games you've been able to catch, but what's, what's your impression on seeing these games televised with nobody in the stands, fake fan sound? I mean, what just kind of give, give us your thoughts on that? I will say this. I was, uh, I was, it was really crazy to see, especially the first game. I got a chance to go down to Ballpark Village, you know, where all of the action was happening for that home opener. And it was weird. Like, you're, you, everything in the stadium was going on. Like, they had the lights, they had the scoreboard going, and nobody's there to see it. And it was just a weird feeling. You know, people on the outside, mask, no mask, it didn't matter what was out there. But watching the game itself, it looks so weird. Um, they're pumping in this uh, fake crowd noise. You know, I was kind of disappointed by that because I wanted to hear what was going down on the field. I want to hear it. You know what I'm saying? I want to hear all the craziness. I even wanted to hear with Joe Kelly what I wanted to hear him say the words to Carlos Correa. That's what I wanted. But, of course, they pumped in the crowd music and uh, the crowd and – uh, all of that weird stuff, man, and I'm, I'm not feeling it. I'm not feeling it at all. Actually, um, 
I've gotten over the empty seats already. I think if you were, uh, you know, I think if I was just walking into a room and saw a game being played with seats empty, I, would, I might go, what, what what, the hell is going on here? Is this a <laughs> exhibition game? Are they playing at three in the morning because they had to make one up? Like, what's happening here? But I think as, as, I, as I get through the games, even the one last night, I, I'm, I'm so used to it being empty at this point. Is I'm, I'm watching the game, and it's not always registering with me that they're in an empty stadium, um, and especially when it's shots where – they're not showing the seats at all. It doesn't really look any different. And the crowd noise is something I actually don't mind at all. It's, um, it gives us some kind of background white noise that you're used to hearing uh, right. even when you're at the park. So, I mean, it, uh, uh, none of that is – I'm just happy to see it back. Those things are definitely strange, but um, I'd, I'd rather hear that sound pumped in than I think dead silence. I think that would – I can't imagine a home run being hit and all you hear is a thud off an empty bleacher seat. I mean <laughs> – it would be. I'm sorry. Maybe it's just me, Ron, but I would be entertained by that because <laughs> it's outside of the norm, mm -hmm. and they're trying to give you everything that's normal with something that isn't normal. And so, I wanted to hear the thuds. I want because then it, it makes it comical. I mean, I know people looking at it as a joke already. I'm like, well, you might as well just continue on with the joke by not having anything pumped in. But if that's what get the players going, if that's what gets, you know, uh, that's what get the managers and stuff all worked up and whatnot, so be it. You know, I'm, I'm just going to have to live with that. You know, but I look at it as it's, it's silly. No, let me take that back. Everything that I said, I'm going to take it back. The cardboard cutouts are what's killing me. Those really? are what's getting me. I don't like those. So I think the Cardinals, really I think from a PR perspective, I think they've kind of missed the boat on that opportunity a little bit. And, and I will, and I'll say why. Look, there are, uh, and it's not, I, I don't think it has to be the Cardinals asking for money to people for people to pay for those. I think that they missed an opportunity here to, hey, you know what? 50 bucks gets you a cardboard cutout. We're going to, you know, 100 bucks gets you right behind the plate. 50 gets you down the, you know, behind the dugouts, whatever. Um, that money could have been spent on something like Cardinals Care or like, hundreds of other charities around the city that they could have done that for. So I do think from a PR standpoint, they've missed the boat a little bit on that. Um, and look, the, the oversized cardboard cutouts are the only ones I roll my eyes at. And if you watch some of these games, they're like way too big. It looks like you got a bunch of Mario Kart players sitting in the damn seats back there because their heads are like exactly. enormous. I, so. I will say, uh, not to catch you up, but I think the A's and the Dodgers, I know the A's were doing it for former Cardinal Steven Piscotti with, uh, with ALS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Dodgers were doing the same uh, to some similar effect. They were doing it for charity reasons. So, yeah. you know, I do applaud them for that. And that's where I think you go. But I'm sorry, I don't, I don't want to see faces that can't move and can't react to something that's going on in the game. <laughs> yeah, have, you ever, uh, have you ever been to a Brewers game? It's the same thing. <laughs> you know, um, but at least they're humans. They, they still can move around. Yeah, they can at least do <laughs> this. I mean, that's about it. It's all you want to do when you watch a Brewers game. You can't see that with a cardboard cutout, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. Um, so, you know, so we have that. So we have this kind of weirdness of, of, of nobody in the seats, and we've got fake noise. We've got, you know, fake cutouts and... I tell you what, though, the one thing that's not fake right now is the news. It's not fake news. Uh, coronavirus is going around, and it is all over the Marlins right now. And another player tested positive today. I don't even know what the count is anymore. They're not going to resume play until Friday. 
So I don't know what they're going to do with these games they've missed. If they're going to try to make them up in double headers a little bit later, if they're going to, you know, try to squeeze them in on an off day. I don't know who the hell is going to be wearing a Marlins uniform by Friday. I mean, they're running out of bodies. So the good news is, though, uh, they played the Phillies, which is a really screwed up situation because if they knew they had a couple players test positive on Sunday, they shouldn't have played the damn game on Sunday. But they did expose themselves to the Phillies. Uh, the good news from that front is I don't think they've had a positive test yet. Now, we, there's an incubation period, so maybe maybe you wouldn't catch it for a few more days. But anyway, the tests have come back. So it looks like the Phillies are in the clear as of right now. Um, Yankees seem to be fine, too. So I don't know how – we knew this was going to happen to some degree. Um, I didn't think it would happen to that degree that it has in Miami. But, Weird. you know, in Miami, uh, it's it's a hot zone right now. And, you know – is it surprising? Um, let me ask you this. I'm gonna ask how surprised are you? Can you can you tell by just some players and how they act? You're like that dude's gonna get the coronavirus. Like, would would it it, it would have surprised me more? And I was gonna ask you this one. I'm just gonna blurt it out. It would have surprised me more if Yasiel Puig wouldn't have got the coronavirus because that dude right there. I'm like, you are careless. I know you're getting it. It's just gonna find you. And there are certain players that look at them like, uh huh. He's gonna get it. Yeah, you know, that and um, I was, yeah, Puig, I, I, would, I would suspect to get it. Heaven forbid that he doesn't. But I'm thinking about the guys in Houston, you know, any of those guys like Correa or Altuve or uh, Bregman, but they've been in the clear. So um, I look at it from this standpoint, you know, it's not surprising. Mm-hmm. I was expecting this anyway, and I have a feeling that we're not going to get the 60 games in, which is a shame because they did all this work to actually get to this point. Yeah. And for having um, a surmountable amount of players not being able to play, that should let you know right there that we should be focusing on the safety and not the game. Yeah. But since that is happening – I made a post about it yesterday. I said, what's going to happen when uh, if the season were to end and what is it going to mean for the stats? Is everybody going to get to keep them or are they going to wipe it out and you just got to wait for 2021, which is crazy because um, Albert Pujols the other night hit his 657 home run. He's three away from Willie. Yeah. So let's say he passes him and they cancel the season. No, I think what they happens? keep the stats. I think they keep the stats. They keep the stats on a now this is an extreme thing, right? But they keep the stats from like nineteen ninety four when they went on strike. They kept the stats in ninety five when they started late. Anytime they've had an interruption, if they're actual official games that have been played, they'll they'll keep them. Um so yeah, he won't lose those. That's exactly what I was thinking too. Like I, I don't know where I'd I'd read that somebody threw that question out at some point. That was one of the first responses to it. We're like, what about the record setters? What about the guys that are reaching milestones? And like you're they're gonna keep them. Um, I have no doubt. So, you know what's uh, – so we get this question over on Ruffled Feathers yesterday, and I thought it was pretty good. That's on the Two Birds on a Bat show. Um, somebody, uh, you know, mentioned something about, hey, look, is baseball looking at this bubble idea and going, damn, maybe we should have done that? Um, I think they could have. Now, doing it in Arizona and Florida, which was kind of talked about before, might have been a bad idea. But NBA's doing it. And uh, now, granted, they haven't started playing yet, but they're really close. And I guess we'll we'll take a look at what's going on there now. But the thing at the NBA is they're in playoff mode right now. They're not, you know, not all thirty or whatever teams are are, are there in one location. So it's a little slimmer. NHL will, will be doing the same thing, not in a bubble, but um, you know, they're going to be doing the same thing. But 
I don't know, Arlington, the more I thought about that question, here's where my mind went. Like, they really could have done regional bubbles for the for the East, West, yeah. Central. You know, they really could have. I okay with that. You yeah. know, like, and I don't know what cities would have been a part of it. Like, maybe California, you know, uh, you got the L.A. teams. They could have done it. Mm-hmm. Chicago could have done it. They got two stadiums. Um, New York could do it. You know, they use Yankee Stadium and, and uh, City Field. Yeah, well, um, I was thinking even like uh, you, you have you have D.C. and Baltimore, right? The Nationals yeah. and the Orioles, it would have been a great – they're not too far apart. Oakland, San Francisco, there's all kinds of places they could have done it. And they could have done it in Milwaukee and Chicago if they wanted to or Minnesota. Yeah. I mean, so True. very, very doable. And I almost look at this and go, hey, if you're playing in empty stadiums anyway, where the hell does it matter? Where You, you could have played at the damn field of dreams all the game. Nobody would have – you know, nobody know. There's no – you might as well be looking at corn stalks because nobody's there. Um <laughs> So nobody really has a home field advantage. I don't know. The more I look at that, I'm like, boy, that, that might have been a smart idea. Now, it, infections are going to happen. Like, it's going to creep its way in, in in some way, shape, or form. There's, there's what, you know, 30-man roster, 30 teams. You know, what you're looking at is, like, you know, 900 players. What are the chances that none of them are, are going are to get? Very, very rare. Very slim. Very slim, very right? Slim. So, uh, you know, baseball had to be thinking about it. I don't know. I'm kind of on the other side of this. I think they're going to finish the season. Um, I, I think unless it's like a catastrophe, I, I don't, I think they will. Mm-hmm. I think they'll be hell bent. They are hell bent on getting to those playoffs where 16 teams now make it this year. That's money right there, Arlington. And I know the right or wrong <laughs> yeah, thing, right? It it's is, safety and it it's is money. safety and it's business. And, you know, sometimes that collectively as human beings, sometimes we're really stupid. Um, individually, we're pretty smart, but when we start getting in a room with a bunch of people and we try to make a collective decision, it's not always the best. And so, um, so, so we got what four, four other four new spots. So it used to be one spot. So now you've added four more. Six. Talk about the playoffs. Yeah. Yeah, it's ten on a normal year. Yeah. They've expanded it to so, sixteen, right? Six more teams. So. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, they are going to focus on the money, and that's unfortunately that's what the that's what business that's business. So you have to figure out ways to keep the business rolling, and no matter and, and they're looking more at money than safety. So I mean, that's the that's what's the drawback for fans is trying to find a, a middle of the ground here, and that's you know they chose money over safety at this point. You know they're gonna do whatever they can to uh, to keep them from, I guess, trying to be as safe as possible. But you see, from the Marlins' end, that's not the case, and something's gonna to have to change drastically and quickly. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it would have to take a severely ugly turn, and I don't know who knows if that's gonna happen or not. But um, you know, think about—I I don't know if it's so much about money as like, hey, let's lose less by having these games, right? Because I don't—I think a lot of these teams are going to end up on the, in the negative, at least to, if you if you net out the entire year, um, they're, gonna, they're not going to come out on top. I think it best—I don't know—I don't know—I don't—I don't want to speak about what I don't know the details about. Well, fuck it, I do it all the time, so I'm just going to say, look, I, 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 some of these teams will be lucky if they're if they're going to break even. I don't think any of them are. Um, but they want to keep the popularity of the game going, right? So they don't, want to, they don't want to lose any momentum that they may or may not have, or they just don't want to slip any more than they have as far as popularity. So, uh-huh. you know, I, I think say all of it has I'll a little bit to... statement. Yeah, yeah, they I don't know. want to slip any more farther than they already are. Right. Thanks, uh, Mr. Manfred. Yeah, well, and it's not just his fault, man. This is coming, and, you know, I, I look up sometimes, and it hits, me, it hits me in a funny way sometimes. I look up last year, and I'm like, why the hell am I watching the National League Championship Series on TBS? Why am I watching it on TBS? 
Why is it not on Fox? Why is it not on NBC? Well, I mean, what, what's going on here? Is it that bad that I'm on TBS for playoffs? <laughs> yes, you know, cable, cable has always been an outlet where playoffs are going for us, for specifically the NHL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, that is needed. Because you're going to need, unfortunately, there's some people that don't have cable, so they can't watch it. But they looked at that and say, hey, we need to put other areas instead of network television. Because are you not? Come on, the networks are going to be full of their programming, and they're going to want to put that out there more than anything dealing with sports. Sports is like the low end when, when it's the highest rated program out of all of them. Mm. See, uh, yeah, you might be right. Now, I don't know about their programming these days. Most of it I see is is, is shit, to be honest with you. But, um... <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, that's what the networks choose to, to put out there instead of saying, hey, we should put our uh, sports on network television. That all goes down with the TV deals that they choose mm. to to, to do, because remember, there was a time, Ron, that ABC, NBC, and CBS all had baseball. Like, they don't now. Fox yeah. is the only one, is the only network that has, a major network that has baseball. Okay, so, look, yeah, and, and, but I'm just saying, like, where I see, like, uh, cable, like, especially TBS, like, Fox Sports 1, I get it, right? Um, not that I think that's any better. Sometimes cable, these, these cable networks I see as where good shows that used to be really good, where they go to get syndicated and eventually die off is when they, yes. when they go to the, and it, that's the only scary part of it, I guess. Plus I don't like searching for this stuff. Right. But, uh, I'm older. I, you can't confuse me. Um, so I want to shift gears a little bit though. Um, baseball okay. on its opening day, uh, made a statement for black lives matter. And you saw some mm -hmm. of the pregame I mean, and now it's the only shame is there's nobody, you know, Physically, there's nobody there to see it, although we saw it on, we saw it on our screens, right? But you, nobody was able to be there in the ballpark to see it. And so just what was your impression of that? Because I haven't been able to talk to you or Palmer or anybody about that yet. Just how did that land on you? When baseball chose to, to utilize Black Lives Matter, I personally, I feel like that's fine. I'm, I'm more content with it. Because I want to see how far it goes, how long it goes. And it's not just some fly by the wall moment and it just it just uh, doesn't stick. You know, I want, if he's going to do it, it needs to stick. And But what really got me was the comments on various platforms, social media, all over the place how people are livid saying they're not going to ever spend a dime with major league baseball or spend a dime with the Cardinals. I'm like, you're sitting there lying to yourselves because you know, you love baseball and it's like, well, politics doesn't need what people need to understand is that. And I hope they do that. Black lives matter is not superior to any other thing. The reason why it's being escalated is because people need to understand that Black Lives Matter just as much as every other life. Whatever race, it's supposed to be equal, not superior. And people keep failing or don't want to understand that. So for baseball to do that is a step forward. But for me personally, I'm being content. I have to see where they're going from here. Like, it can't be just a fly by the wall thing. Like, because I want to know if the season will even go down 
would they would have started this on opening day. Now the black national anthem and stuff miss me with that. Honestly, you could miss. Why are we like if you didn't put it in beforehand? Why now? You knew about Black Lives Matter before, why now? That's why I'm still like, I'm content, because half of me feels like this is great, and half of me feel like this is not. So that's why we meet at the middle saying, I'm content about it. Because there are two sides, like, yeah, there are two sides to every spectrum, and I'm hoping that the Cardinals lead by example, because you know, we got Dexter Fowler that's on the team. Jack Flaherty has stepped up. Adam Wainwright has spoken out. You know, so that's a good start. Also, let's keep the, just remember that those that kneel, they're not doing it for political. They're not doing it for the flag. They're doing it because what they're seeing out there is wrong. Those that are genuinely doing it. Now, if you're doing it just because it's part of the team or whatnot, I'm not going to... I'm, I'm not going to play with that. That's something that you don't play with. Yeah, so I, I'll be I'll be completely transparent about how I'm, let's go all the way back to when Kaepernick started the the kneeling at the night. No, I know others have done it right, but it really became a thing when when Colin Kaepernick started doing that when he was with the 49ers. Now, for me, being former military, I didn't like it at the time because. I, you know, I, the, the national anthem meant something different to me then, right? I mean, it means the same thing to me now. But as as, as getting out of the military, when you heard that, you were locked in, in in position of attention. You know, hands down at your sides, and that was you had a lot of pride in the flag and the country and the people that that uh, you know have, have defended it uh, for for hundreds of years. And to me, it's like I saw it as like, wow, how could you do that? How could you do that to those soldiers and everybody that has put their life on the line and and uh, that's that's the way that that's, that was my thinking then, and I think what has happened in in recent day. I think not only me, I think it's been eye opening for everybody. So I understand it exactly as the way you just laid it out. I don't see it that way anymore, and uh, for me, it doesn't it doesn't bother me like it initially did. That was my initial impression of it being being mm-hmm. out of the military. Mm-hmm. That's that's the way it hit me. Now I understand. And that's understandable. It. Yeah, that's and now I understand it in a completely different way, and I see it completely different. And and I think the good sign is. I'm not alone. I think there are a lot of people that eyes are open and they're kind of waking up now like, oh, that's what that means. Not what I thought it meant. And so, I, I don't know. That's just the way it feels It feels today. So, Exactly. There are those that are opening up and, and that's great. But just to let you know, that has been the constant struggle yeah. that's been going on for a long time. And so, there does need to be there does need to be activism. People keep saying that it's not. I'm like, go back to the 60s. It was happening in the NFL then, where people were protesting the Vietnam War. You know, it wasn't okay, because it, should, it shouldn't have been a war in the first place. We shouldn't have war at all. But that was, the war is on what is making it seem like is we are totally against police officers. And here's the thing, we're totally against corrupt police officers because there are police officers that do do good the question is how genuine are they when they continuously are out there each and every day because sometimes you might get the bad day police officer and that bad day police officer might be front page news come the next day Mm -hmm. that's the issue you know and they can have been a good cop been a good cop for a long time until the one incident one thing strikes and it messes up them, it messes up the family that it involves, their families, the family that's uh, arrested or killed, it, it, it impacts. 
that has to end. Like, it's a, it's a mindset. The biggest problem, I think, right now, Ron, and I say, I'm going to say this on every show that I'm a part of, is love is gone. Love is always gone. That ain't a political statement. That's just a true statement. Love is missing. And because we have so full of hatred to these days, now we get the people that's in sports. You're taking away my sports because you're putting in polit- political. But all we're trying to do is give you a message to understand that this is not about hate. This is supposed about getting us back to peace and love. But nobody wants it. Yeah. That's the problem. Nobody think, wants that's it. exactly why I don't watch a lot of the uh, I didn't want to get into news outlets and, and channels like, you know, MSNBC, Fox News, any of this. Shit. That's why I don't go there for a lot of that stuff. Right. Because you're going to get, you know, what? It's, like, yeah. it's, it's hard for me to watch the news today because I'm like, I'm seeing it everywhere. And and no matter what anybody says, that's listening to this show or any show that I participate on, politics and sports will always be there. Always. Because that's how it's been made. There's always yeah. politics in sports, no matter how much sure. you don't want it. Well, you know what? And you've got how many players do we say that are, you know, right now, the Major League Baseball has 900 players because they have a 30, you know, 30, 30, 30 team or 30 player rosters, right? So, you know, you, you've, you've, got, you've got 900 people. Somebody's going to bring it into your sport. Whether you want it there or not, somebody's going to bring it there. And look, Arlington, I, there, there are just some people that just, they want their sport. They don't want outside, they don't want outside things coming in. Like I, I remember somebody bitching about them wearing pink gloves and pink bats and stuff for breast cancer awareness. Oh my and, God. I mean, Why? I, Why I, I don't know, it? man. It's just some people are like that. Oh, don't you put that breast cancer stuff on the side of second base? Like, come on. But there are those that are just like that. You know, they just don't want, they don't want their, you know, they want their, I don't know. They, it's like a kid that only wants only wants the mashed potatoes. Like the, the the green beans cannot touch my mashed potatoes. Get those the hell away. I just want my mashed potatoes. I don't know. They want, they want the Ty Cobb, Babe Ruth type of baseball, man. <laughs> that day, those days are gone, man. The game has evolved. It has become a totally different sport. Okay. Well, that that, that game that game could be gone, but I want. I want a, a Babe Ruth built guy back in the game. I want a John Cruck or a Kent Herbeck. Well, at least the Ty Cobb is the Ty Cobb part is over, you know. Because yeah. the stolen base is a lost art now. And, you know, I, it's amazing how I'm like, you have guys that has uh, great speed but will not utilize it thanks to their to managers and coaches that almost don't even feel like it, it's not even you don't need to be utilized anymore. Just go station to station. Yeah. It's, just, it's amazing now. Yeah, station to station is boring baseball, and we saw plenty of that. And I'm just not pointing – this is not a Mike Matheny bash hour, but that was that was the brand of baseball that was under him. It, it was lost, and uh, it was boring to watch. Now, uh, I want to get into what you're, what's going on with today's game. But before I do that, I want to talk about – I want to talk specifically with you because I asked Palmer the same thing. Um, there are less than 8% black players in Major League Baseball. Right. That, mm-hmm. That's down significantly to where it was in the 80s, but it's been trending down. Uh, what do you think? There could be many, many reasons why this is why that's happened. But what are you what do you think are the what are your top one or two reasons you think that it's lost popularity um, with black athletes? And I think it starts at young age, really. But yes, I believe that a lot of parents, especially uh, African-American parents, uh believe that they have kids that's in sports they believe that basketball and football are better suited for their kid than to play baseball and i'm sitting back and i'm like well baseball could be beneficial to your kid because the riches if, if he gets good enough 
thank, thank, thankful for Jordan Walker being a draft pick of the St. Louis Cardinals. He chose baseball over any other sport, which is great, and that's great to see. But they believe, in my mind, that basketball and football are better suited sports, and those are the ones that the, that the kids, they see, and they think it's better. You know, they, they look up to LeBron James's. They look up to the Steph Curry. They look up to uh, uh, the Odell Beckhams and think, oh, my God, this is great. Whether in baseball, catching a fly ball, making a diving catch, don't even make it seem like it, or hitting a home run, don't even seem exciting to them anymore. When I thought, man, that was the best thing to watch. You know, when I saw the 98 home run chase, thanks to that silly documentary that I saw, but it brought back <laughs> a memory of mine of what I saw yeah. during that year. I'm, I'm 13 years old when, as I'm telling my age right now, when 98 occurred, and I remember the night that McGuire hit 62, I was sitting in, I was sitting in the room, sitting in the living room, watching this little fly ball hit, and I was excited. You know, I was excited for that. The home run race brought back fans. It brought back fans to the game, especially me. I've been a baseball fan for a long time, over 30 years of my life. You know, I've watched Isaac Smith. I've watched Vince Coleman. You know, i watched Willie McGee. Uh, I got a chance to watch Ray Langford and Brian Jordan and Ron Gant. To this day, uh, Ron, I am still... I'm still perturbed by the 96 NLCS. Oh, yeah. It drives me insane every time. They had Atlanta on the ropes, man. They had them on oh, the ropes. Three to one. Dude, three games I to one. I had a headache at games. Like, I'm 12 years old, I'm having a migraine headache for watching the debacle of them getting outscored. I think it was 33 to two. It was it was sick. Yeah, game six and seven, they they, they didn't. It's like a different team show. It's like Chicago stole oh, their uniform. Wow, like especially the night the the night to clinch uh, game five, they got mo- mollywop 15 to nothing. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Donovan. <laughs> I blame Donovan Alvin on game seven, man. But you know, yeah. But those were the things that. Um, that's missing, you know, you, you don't have too many moments of that with children, with black children, you know, and it's, it's a shame. Like, I know, I do know some people that do take their kids to ball games and they enjoy it, but for them as to go out and play that game on a professional level, it's very slim, mm-hmm. very slim. Yeah. You know, and that's, I don't know where the excitement has to come from. I don't know who is going to have to be the person to do it. I thought Andrew McCutcheon was going to be the guy to get them back. You know, I thought Dexter Fowler, he did an amazing job here. I think it was last year he did a camp at my old high school, my alma mater, you know, and, and they and it was raved that people liked it, you know. So I don't know who could be the leader that could help bring that back into into the mix, you know, because it's, it's, it's hard, man, and you're competing with basketball and football, mm-hmm. which is two popular sports among black Americans. Well, and, and the other thing, and that's why I go back to the, to, to the young age, right? Like what's, what's easier to step out your front door, walk across the street to the nearest park? What's the easiest thing to play, right? You have a basketball court, all you need is a ball um, and, and, a, and a few players or one-on-one. Uh, you can't play one-on-one in baseball. You can't play with four, four guys in baseball, right? It's so weird. You do play it too. One, one it's, well, I used to as well, you know, but um, you, you figure out ways, right? When you didn't have PlayStation 4s and shit laying around, you figured out a way to play one-on-one baseball home run derby in the backyard, right? But exactly. um, it's just, I think, access to the game, even at uh, recreational levels, right, is, is you got to pay for a lot of that stuff. And uh, baseball is not cheap. I've, I've been a commissioner for a youth league out here, and I've been a coach, and 
you know, you got to throw some money at it. And if you don't have it, it's going to be much harder. Uh, but I think the other side of this is just marketing. Marketing in general um, has been so much better in the NBA and the NFL than baseball has. Uh, it, it also, with um, the acceptance of players or individuals, they're going to express themselves in different way. Baseball was very slow to catch on to that because, uh, you know, 15 years ago, you hit a home run, you put your head down, and you ran around the bases. You didn't show up anybody. You didn't flip your bat. Um, basically, uh, you know, most people are okay. Play passionless. Just score runs so you can win, and I can go drink beer at the bar afterwards. I think that kind of was the feeling. Like, there was no yeah. individualism. And, and, and some people will say, well, in a team sport, there really shouldn't be. But how are you drawing people's interest in, right? And so I, I look at a player like Javi Baez, right? I'll do, again, I'll be transparent here. 20 years ago, I would have hated that. that all that flair and everything. I'm like, no, 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 no. You show class, and you put your head down, and you run the bases. Yep. Um, I look at it so much different these days because, and I think a, a couple of things have ruined it for me. Just seeing boring, bland baseball, uh, I want to see more attitude come out. I loved Jose Martinez when he was with the, when he was a Cardinal because so, you know what? He, yeah, he was goofing off. Um, he was goofing off even when he hit a double. But how much fun is that to see? How, you know what I miss? You know what I want to see come back? I want to see somebody bring back. Jeffrey Leonard's one flap down. That's what I want to see. That was one of the best things. And it was against our team in the playoffs in 87. But I, I went back. You can YouTube it. Um, it is hilarious. It's hilarious watching him run, uh, do a home run trot, not moving one arm straight down. It's, it's just funny as hell. And we need more stuff. <laughs> we need more stuff like that. We need more bat lickers like Puig. We need more people that, you know, will launch their bat 50 feet in the air. We need Yadier Molina to toss his bat out in right field like he did last year in the playoffs. That stuff is is... I understand what it can do at the young level that young people look up at this stuff and they go, wow, that looks like fun. Those guys are actually having fun playing. This is something that yes. I want to do Saturday. Yes. And baseball was slow to catch on to that, where as the NBA and the NHL, NHL, whoa, hold on, and NFL, um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, I think they allowed that to happen. And, and I think yeah. they capitalized on it and they used it. They took advantage of it. And, and so not advantage in a bad way. I'm just, they, they took advantage of the opportunity to let these guys express themselves. And it, it becomes more interesting to kids. Kids want to do that. So and speak on that. The one thing that they, that really, they got away from was the RBI um, league that, they, that major league baseball was doing. They got away from that. And it's like, because again, it wasn't interesting to people anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it was hard to get uh, young black players to, you know, think about, hey, maybe you want to try baseball as a career, those that are good enough, you know, but they did not, put, like you said, the marketing, it wasn't pushed. And so because of that, base, uh, the NFL, NBA, they both start skyrocketing. Be careful, watch out. The NHL mess around and surpass baseball too, if they're not careful, because I'm starting to see more black skaters out there as well. So, Baseball better get the act together, man, because if not, they're going to be looking real sluggish with this game. And then you're you're depending on, and I'm not saying this to uh, single them out, but if you look at what's out there today, the Dominican Republic, they're getting huge, they're getting a lot of people coming to play baseball. Most of them coming in because they need another outlet, you know what I'm saying? So, and I love their celebration. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing that's like you said, I wasn't feeling too fond of because I'm like, oh, this is dealing with the sport again. That's why I don't like the Cardinal way either. 
I love the Cardinals, but I don't like the Cardinal way. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't, I haven't read that book. If there's chapters in there on how to conduct yourself, I'm probably not a big fan either. The I'm part sorry, of the, man. the I parts know of the Cardinal is a big fan of George Kissel, but yeah. this ain't the 50s, 40s, 30s, 60s. It's not that anymore. There's a different type of baseball now, and your kid wants to watch it to have fun, and that's what baseball is supposed to be—fun. But everybody gets serious with. When you have trash talk, which I ain't got no problem with it, it's part of the game. It's part of sports. I'm better than you. You, if you, if you feel differently, then show me that. But then it getting out of control. You know, folk believe it's getting out of control, and it's not the same baseball. Guess what? It's not. It's not the same game. So backflips are acceptable to me. I love it. <laughs> show me. Well, like, it, it, if you get shown up, that means the next time that you come, I come up against you at the plate, you better either strike me out or knock me down. Does this, I mean, come on, knockdowns are part of the game. That, I mean, I'm not saying that to intentionally hurt somebody, but send a message to let you know I'm better than you. Well, hey, if, uh, if people that are, you know, that old crotchety guy on his, uh, his uh, recliner getting pissed at players – tossing their bats if you're a Cardinals fan and you're one of those guys I'll take you back to the mid 80s we had a guy Tom Lawless in the playoffs that maybe yes. has the best bat flip ever and guess what <laughs> he was a white guy and he did it and he was one of the he was one of the he might have been the, he might have been he might have been the he might have been the that might have been the uh, patient zero of that movement. Might have been uh, that bat flip was obnoxious, and if you weren't a fan of the Cardinals, you your opposing team, you hated that guy the rest of your life. And um, it, people forget about that, but uh, that's a thing that actually happened. So Arlington, let's shift gears a little bit onto our current team. I don't know how much how how, how much of the games you've actually been catching, um, but the Cardinals. Don't look a whole hell of a lot different than they did in 2019. Especially, no, they don't. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of strikeouts, not uh, not very many walks. Um, you know, run prevention. Uh, you know, Carlos Martinez. Look, and 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 I, I I wanted to stay the hell away from Facebook today, and I'm glad I have because all I'm going to hear is bitching about Carlos Martinez. Well, look, when your team only puts up two runs, I don't want to hear anything about the pitching. When you only, if, if you put up two runs or less and you get beat, I don't care if you get beat 50 to one. I don't care if you get beat four to two, right? Because if you couldn't muster any more offense than that, your chances were damn slim anyway. I don't care that Carlos Martinez blew a tire out in whatever inning that was yesterday, you know, because you weren't going to give him a chance to get back into it anyway. So I look at the offense just like I'm at the same damn place I was last year going, there's this lineup scares nobody, nobody. Ron, we sit here today and wonder, I, if you be transparent, I know you sat there and you're like, how in the blue hell did this team win the division last year? You had to, you, you had to sit there and say that because you just spoke about it right there, the offense. And what they showcased in the National League Championship against the Nationals showcased that this team does not have any weapons that will sit there and say, I'm scared of. Mm -hmm. Now, they lost Marcel Ozuna. That and, and you did, and you didn't replace him with nobody. If you want to say Tyler O'Neill, okay, you getting the same type of player that you're getting that that Marcel was. You're gonna get a guy that's gonna strike out a lot. You're gonna get a guy that hits home runs, monster shots, and average defense. So, and a lot of people said, well, Ozuna. Yeah, I get the the play that he did that that caused my favorite my favorite out. play of 2019. Was that yes, one. I get that, but you're not getting you're not getting anything better off of that. Now, 
I want to if they do continue to play sixty games, I do want to see what Tyler can do in those sixty. Yeah, because he is going to be the starting left fielder, and they're going to give him a shot. A lot of people keep saying Lane Thomas needs to be out there more than Dexter Fowler, Harrison Bader. You know, and Bader is a utility guy. At he's best. not a starter. At best, he's a utility guy. I agree with you right there. That's where I'll, that's where I'll, I want you to continue. But right there, that's the guy I look at me and like he is not adjusting. I don't care what he would have worked on in the offseason or what he spent his time doing. He looks no different than he was last year where he's not swinging at pitches he can hit and he's waiting to strike out on the one that he can't. And that's always the off-speed, low and away, something there. Uh, he's like r- watching Randall Gritchick all over again. Oh, uh, where, man. You got- it's like watching Eric Burns. Remember? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. When Eric tattooed stuff, oh, man, he thought he was on, 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 a, on a wild beat. Oh, man, I'm the best out there. And then the next thing you know, he's swinging at some stupid mess. All the time. And now, of course, you mentioned Gritchick. I'm like, good God almighty. It's, it's the recurring thing over and over yeah. and over well, it's, again. It's, look, it's looking at these guys' raw skills, right, and go, yeah, they got all the skill in the world. Harrison Bader can have power. Should he be thinking a po- like a power hitter? No, he should not. And I looked, at the, I looked up at the screen last night. Hard to watch it late in the game. But I look up and I see a complete shift to the left side. All but the first baseman on the, uh, to the left of the second base bag. And I'm looking at him like, what in his head is saying, hmm, I, I've got to pull the ball every fucking time my bat touches it. I can refuse to try to hit something up the middle or plug a gap and actually use my speed. And, and, and it's just, he's so frustrating to me. And I was willing to go into this year and go, okay, if you want to hit, give him the first shot at, at nabbing that center field job, okay. Um, look, I thought when you looked at the logjam of young outfield talent the Cardinals had coming up, I was okay with them letting Ozuna walk. Um, but I want to see I want to see more of these guys get an opportunity. I do want to see Lane Thomas in there more. Now, right now, he's probably going to be starting in center field tonight. If the lineup hasn't come out yet, I bet he's going to be starting in center field. Look, Fowler's only batting 200 right now. Um, they still have two years left on uh, on his commitment. It's frustrating. We all want him to do well. We're all pulling for him. But in a year, uh, let me ask you this: in a, in a 60 game season, Mike Schilt doesn't have a whole lot of time to let people find themselves. Exactly. Yeah. You don't. You don't have a lot of time. So if you don't come out firing, you're not going to play. And and that's how it should be. See, and that's the thing I will say about Mike a little bit, that he didn't show – he had some Athene tendencies, but then there were other times when he knew something was going well, you keep the hot hand going. Yeah. You know, you don't take it out. You know, of course you're going to need rest because especially play an entire week – He's going to need something. You're going to need something to sit down on, man. But that was the biggest issue to me is they don't have a core outfield. And Dexter is frustrating me so to the core, man. Like, I get this nice man demeanor, but dude, you need to be angry this year. Like, you need to have some anger within your blood because this is going to affect your next paycheck. Yeah. Well, this is – you know, this was probably his big. Obviously, the Cardinals' contract was his big payday throughout his career. That's what exactly. most guys just hope for that. And then, uh, if he wants to play beyond that, great. It'll tell us a lot whether he plays beyond it or not. But, um, you know, his walk year is next year, so yeah. he's got he's, he's got a short window here. And I believe that. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. And that's what we all want to see. We want to see the players that are playing the best, not the best people. The the players that are playing the best need to be the ones out on the field. Sometimes I know that's not always a a given on a day to day basis, but uh, this can't go on for much more than a week or two. We got to see Dylan Carlson, Carlson get a get a shot at some yes. point in time. We have he to. Be we have to there, find man. out what we have in this this young out because we're gonna have to make a decision. 
Look, we either keep them all young and bring the same shit back next year, or we go, okay, we got a couple of talented guys. Now we've got some excess here. Let's go deal for something that we need. Now, something that the Cardinals um, didn't need, I felt, up to like 24 hours ago was pitching, starting pitching, because they had such depth. And you know what? Thank God they had depth. We've lost My- Michael. Uh, I can't talk. Miles Michaelis is um, he's out. Uh, he's getting Tommy John surgery. We've lost him. We won't get him. We might not get him next year. But, you know, the Cardinals had that pitching depth, thankfully. Um, you know, you've got Ponce de Leon, who's going to fill that role. You have Austin Gomber, Alex Reyes. We don't know where we're going to yep. get him back, but he's, he, he, he should be, he that, should be getting back. It's continuously yeah. been so frustrating as well Yeah, because you don't know what you're going to get out of him. And, anything, um, anything we can get at this point is like playing on house money because I think most of us yep. don't count on anything, right? So, yeah, exactly. so, but they do have the depth, and they had guys they can plug in. Now, it just takes a little bit out of your bullpen that you don't have now, and we know Jordan Hicks opted out for the right reasons. He's not going to play. Um, and who knows? You know what? He, he may not have been fully recovered this year, and it's probably the best thing for him to continue to rest that, be back strong, That's ready to smart. go in 21. Yeah, I think so, too. On his, on his end, yep. so. And he's going to get paid uh, because he was on, uh, he's on that list. He has type 1 diabetes, so he could opt out and still get paid, so he's, he's fine. Um, but anyway, now, now we got a, a little bit of pitching concern, and that was the one thing last year the Cardinals did well was run prevention. They pitched well, they played good defense, and they ran the bases smart. I hope all that's intact this year, and the pitching is starting to worry me just a little bit now. Losing a starter that you wanted to eat up some innings, uh, you know, some guy that was kind of a lock for your number three, uh, it's a little scary. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if um, they're literally going to have to go on the back of Jack Flaherty, man. Like, he's going to have to mm-hmm. showcase from the get go, uh, from, from this point on that, hey, it, it is, I'm going to have to carry my team, man. But also, I'm hoping that the other pitchers on the staff see that, and they want to find out ways to get five or six innings in. You know, hopefully seven, because you don't want to utilize that bullpen too much, um, especially when you have a guy like Michael is going down. It hurts a lot for your uh, for your staff. So he's going to have to put in a lot of work, and hopefully, he doesn't uh, throw too many pitches where it causes him to leave early in games. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, so, you know, I, I don't. I don't think we. I, I don't want. I don't want to get into the bullpen because I don't know how the pieces are going to shuffle around out there. Somebody will be. Somebody will be called from from Springfield to plug in that thirtieth roster spot. Don't. It's probably known by now. I just don't have it in front of me. Um, but the Cardinals will take on the Twins tonight, and the Twins look pretty tough, man. I was looking up and down that lineup last night. I'm like, holy shit, that that that, that is a loaded lineup. You have Sano batting eighth. When you have a guy like Sano batting eighth, you're like, wow, what's in front of that? And then you read all those names, you're like, okay, I see why they won last year. We might not know much about them because we don't face them all that often, but the right. Twins are tough. So this is uh, having to play those guys. Well, you know what? The good news is the Reds have to play them, and the Cubs have to play them too. Yeah, so right, and that I mean at this point right now, I'm not. We, we have to see what goes on when we get like to August, because you know we got to get that first month out the way. Yeah. Or with not that. Uh, yeah, I got to see August too. You know, because that'd be like our actual first month, because you got to think about it, we start late. Yeah. Getting in it with this season, so um, when we get like two weeks in in August, three weeks or so, we'll see how well this team will be able to respond um, in just a short amount of time if they're able to be ready to capture another uh, abbreviated Central Division championship and get back into the postseason, be one of the eight teams to get in this time. I think the World Series and National League trophies uh, should be shorter this year. It should be uh, – what's, what's the math here? If you uh, um, 
take a hundred, divide it by once, whatever. It needs to be, it needs to be 60% shorter. The trophies do that would be actually funny because you're right. This is an abbreviated year, abbreviated year. You should have an abbreviated, uh, world series title. Um, it's not going to feel the same for sure. Uh, Arlington, before we get out of here, I want, I want to give you an opportunity just to kind of give us a rundown in the zone, all the things that are going on. Hell, I can't even keep track. Um, oh gosh. yeah, go ahead. Mike's yours. <laughs> Yes. Um, right now, over at In the Zone, we of course we can, we just wrapped up season five for In the Zone, so uh, we're gonna take a little bit of a break, get ready for season six in September, I believe. I know we're gonna do some taping in probably late August, September. We'll get ready for that. Uh, we have the Price Check, our basketball show with Josh Price. Uh, he's doing an amazing job. He's just wrapped up his uh, NBA restart session that is now available. Um, of course, my show, the A Train Show, where we, uh, where I go and talk to some of the people area in, uh, in St. Louis and outside of St. Louis, those that you know you don't really hear from. I had a conversation not too long ago with Steve French. He's the uh, announcer of the the hit TV series Match Game. So uh, yeah, I've been able to uh, talk with some great people uh, with that, and we got some uh, another new show. It was of course the Sports Apocalypse goes down every Wednesday night on Facebook Watch. And so I uh, appreciate you guys, uh, your people and uh, yourself that tune in every now and again, man. I, I, I'm greatly appreciative of that. we got an MMA show called On the Stool. Got to come down tonight. Uh, that's uh, right after the Sports Apocalypse. we got a special time with that, uh, 6 o'clock. Uh, whenever this shows up, it'll be ready to go when you get to watch it. So, <laughs> uh, but a lot of good stuff. We got some more projects coming up. A lot of good things coming up the network. Of course, you were in the cards, and what you've been doing with uh, Two Birds on the Bat has been amazing. Uh, and you know, we continuously will support each other and uh, keep this keep this network moving. Yeah, man. Well, hey, thank you for your time today. It was I was glad to finally get you and both Palmer now uh, both on the show. So it was great talking Definitely. to you. It was great catching up, and uh, I look forward to doing it uh, again at some point in time. I think uh, we've got a little bit of baseball ahead of us, so we might have some more things to discuss about this sport. Yeah. Or this if you're right and they don't finish, then we'll have uh, not much. Uh, we'll just be around to discuss all the mistakes and missteps that were made <laughs> along the way. No doubt about it. I look forward to it. All right, everybody, you know where you can find this show when you're not listening to it right now. You can actually go to, you can search In The Cards on Facebook. You can go In The Cards Pod on Twitter. Um, I'm available on Apple. We're on the In The Zone Network uh, RSS feed. So if you've already subscribed to that, you'll get this show. You can also find it on the Team Arrivals podcast. I put it out on there too. So you can find it in all kinds of places. Uh, you know what? If you've got a podcast app on your phone, just search Team Arrivals Pod or In The Cards. You'll find it. You can find In The Zone Network out there and check out all their great stuff. But uh, that's going to be about it for me for now. I do have to attend something that's work-related, unfortunately. But uh, I'm looking forward to watching the game tonight and seeing. Um, boy, I tell you what, I was looking at the schedule, though, before I go. There is a stretch at the end of September. Um, no, at the end of August, into the 1st of September, that's going to be hellacious. It's like 13 games. Thir <laughs> yeah, buddy. It's like yes, 13 games, and 10 of, them are against the, 10 of them are against the Cubs and the Reds. So that should be fun there. And... Uh, let the uh, get the blood blood pressure medication. Uh, let that start yes, flowing now. All that together. All right, everyone. Until next time. Love you all so much. We will be back soon. Bye bye, everyone.